Hello, and welcome to 30 Days of Grimm. Did you know that to date, Grimm's fairy tales has been translated into more than 160 different languages? That's right. And there's also more than 120 different editions of Grimm's fairy tales just in the United States. In today's fairy tale, see if you can find out who the most clever animal of all is. It's not the title, but take a listen to episode 10, The Monkey. Once upon a time, there was a princess, and in her castle, high up under the battlements, was a big hall with 12 windows which looked out on all four quarters of the globe. So when she went up and looked out of these windows, she could see all over her kingdom. Out of the first, she could see more clearly than anyone else. Out of the second, still better. Out of the third, even more distinctly, and so on and so forth, until the twelfth, where she could see what was above and below the earth, and nothing was hidden from her. However, she was proud, and she would not submit to anybody, and she wanted to reign alone over her kingdom. She proclaimed that no one should become her husband, because she, he could not hide so well that it was impossible for her to find him. Whoever tried and was discovered would have his head cut off. At this time, there were already 97 heads of dead men stuck on stakes in front of the castle, and for a long time no one came forward. The princess was highly pleased and thought to herself, Now I shall stay free as long as I live. Then three brothers appeared and announced that they would like to try their luck. The eldest believed himself to be safe if he crept into a lime pit, but she spied him from the very first window, had him pulled out and his head cut off. The second crept into the cellar of the castle, but this one too she spotted from the first window and his fate was sealed. Then the youngest came before her and begged that she would grant him one day's chance and for her to be gracious enough to give him twice a second chance should she discover him. If he failed for the third time, then he wouldn't go on living anyway. He was so handsome and asked so earnestly that she said, Yes, I will agree to that, but you will not succeed. The next day, he meditated a long time on how he would hide himself, but in vain. Thereupon, he took his gun and went hunting. He saw a raven and took aim at it. He was just about to fire when the raven cried, Don't shoot, I'll repay you if you spare me. He put his rifle away, went on and came to a lake, where he surprised a big fish which had come out into the depths of the surface. When he took aim, the fish cried, Don't shoot, I will repay if you spare me. He let it dive under the water, went on and met a fox which was limping. He fired but missed it, and the fox cried, Better come here and pull the thorn out of my foot. He did so, but all the same he wanted to kill the fox and skin it. The fox said, don't do it. I'll repay you if you spare me. The youth let it free, and as it was in the evening, he turned homewards. The next day he was to go in hiding, but no matter how he racked his brain, he did not know where to go. He went into the forest to the raven and said, I spared your life. Now tell me where I am to hide so the king's daughter shall not see me. The raven dropped his head and was lost in thought for a time. At last he croaked, I've got it. He fetched an egg from his nest separated it into two parts, and shut the youth inside it. Then he made it whole again and sat down on it. 
The king's daughter stepped to the first window and could not discover him. Nor could she see him from the second window, and she was beginning to feel uneasy. But at the eleventh window she spotted him. She had the raven shot, the egg fetched and broken in two, and the young man had to come out. She said, you've been spared once, but if I find you next time, you're lost. The next day he went to the lake, called the fish and said, I spared your life. Now say where I am to hide so the king's daughter will not see me. The fish reflected and at last cried, I've got it. I'll hide you in my belly. It swallowed him and swam down to the bottom of the lake. The king's daughter looked through her windows, and this time, even from the eleventh, she did not see the young man, and she was dismayed. Yet at the twelfth, she discovered him. She ordered the fish to be caught and killed, and the youth appeared. Anyone can imagine how he felt. She said, twice you have been spared, but your head will certainly adorn the front of my castle. On the last day, he went with a heavy heart into the fields and met the fox. You know how to find the most remote places, he said. I spared your life. Now advise me where I am to hide so the king's daughter won't find me. A hard proposition, answered the fox, and looked thoughtful. At last it cried, I've got it. The youth went with it to a spring. The fox dived in and came out, dressed like the keeper of a pet shop. The youth also had to dive into the water and was turned into a little monkey. The shopkeeper came to town and displayed the clever little animal. Crowds of people came running to see it. At last, even the princess came, and as she found much pleasure in it, she bought it and gave the shopkeeper a lot of money for it. Before he handed it to her, he said, When the princess goes to the window, creep quickly beside her dress folds. Now the time came for her to look for the young man. She stepped from the first to the eleventh windows in order and could not see him. When even through the twelfth she could not see her quarry, she was filled with fright and rage, and she slammed it so violently that the glass in all of the windows split into a thousand pieces, and the whole castle shook. She drew back and felt the little monkey under her plates. She grabbed it, threw it on the floor, and shouted, Get out of my sight! The monkey ran to the shopkeeper, and they both ran to the spring, where they plunged in and changed back to their true form again. The youth thanked the fox and said, the raven and fish are stupid compared to you. You know the right tricks. There's no denying it. The young man went straight into the castle. The princess was already waiting for him and reconciled to her fate. The wedding was celebrated and he was now king and ruler of the whole kingdom. He never told her where he had hidden the third time and who had helped him. So she believed he had done it all on his own and held him in high esteem.